Welcome to She Said, LUK's first ever podcast series. I'm Gemma Kearney and I'm here to guest host the first ever She Said. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm perky. Yeah, you per- this is good. Did they give you that little cup of tea? We're about to have a big chinwag uh, with Lorraine Candy, who's the editor-in-chief of Elle. She's been here since 2004, has won various awards, left school at 16, has worked across the board when it comes to media, newspapers and journalism, um, has an incredible voice. A lot of people respect her. She always looks fabulous. She can run triathlons. I just want to find out more. I'm giddy with excitement, probably because I can see a lot of sparkly clothing and and netted skirts and you just do. Stuff. You are drawn to the sparkle. I am indeed. But this, we are in the Elle Fashion Cupboard, and it's full of um, spring summer 2016 clothes. So you're seeing stuff that won't actually be in the magazine till February okay. next year. A little bit in January, but February next year. So yes, it is quite exciting actually, and things that range from. Thousands and thousands of pounds, mm. right the way down to really accessible price points as well, because the whole point of L is is the mix. Do you come in here a lot? I come in here, yes, I do come in here a lot, and then I have to be taken out of here because <laughs> I can be lost in here for hours. If I'm going out, I've got loads of events in the week, they yeah. will call in various things, or I might be going to something where it's hosted by the designer and I have to wear um, the clothes. So I come in to see that and then I'll be stuck in here for hours looking at all sorts of things. And also I've got enormous feet. (laughs) I have sample size feet. So I'm literally in here trying on shoes for days sometimes. (laughs) So people listening would would think that that is the absolute dream. Is it really the dream job? It's an amazing job. It's a very big job made up of lots of parts. I mean, Elle is a business. All fashion magazines are a business. I manage, very much manage the business side of it. We have to make a certain amount of money. We have to sell a certain amount of copies. We have to pull in a certain amount of advertising revenue. We have to piece it together as a business. So part of my job is all this gorgeousness. And obviously, if you don't like fashion, then you really shouldn't work here. I mean, it should yeah. be what you live and breathe every day. It should get you out of bed. Getting dressed should be an amazing thing to do every morning, which is what I love. But Mm. also, you know, crafting a print product, making a powering a website, managing a team of, you know, between 30 and 40 people is quite a big, you know, it's a a big job. There's a lot to do. You know, we are all looking at fashion from the front row in a very different way. I'm sitting there thinking, uh, where do I want that piece to go? Who do I want to wear it? How do I want to shoot it in the magazine? Is it defining a moment? Is it going to drive a business? Will it completely influence the high street? How will my L reader wear it with the rest of her wardrobe? My skill is to edit that. That's what I'm kind of being paid for. And my skill is to look at my team and say, who best shoots that? Who best can put that together? Who best styles that? You know, what are the features that go around that? We will plan the cover right down to what mascara we think needs to be used, how it needs to be looked. I mean, it doesn't always work on the day. So to control all of that is quite that is nerve-wracking and th- that can make you a bit te- that's why I did do a bit of sport because it just I just go and run it off mm. for 10 minutes and so you need to be able to deal with that and mm. also just aware that you might not get it right you, you're not always going to get it right you just need to be really really prepared get ready everything. to take it on the chin if, if things yeah. don't go exactly well, you how you do expect it wrong you know yeah. you might do it wrong it might be I mean we've done some covers I just I can't have anywhere near me I can't you know a couple of issues that I think we tackled we maybe didn't get right you know you're always going to make mistakes I want to ask one of your worst yes. covers, but you're not yeah. going to tell me, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I really, I'm imagining all sorts. I'm imagining polka dots 
prince and the clashing prince and I don't know. I just yeah. what 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 de- what's deemed as terrible in well, Lorraine's mind. Sometimes the f- the the fashion moves on or something changes and you, you just pick the wrong colour or you pick the wrong thing and you see it on the newsstands and you think, oh my god, that's just <laughs> awful. You just turn it around and go go out. What about personal fashion disasters? Have you ever worn something that you oh, look back yes. and think, no? I have made probably some of the worst fashion disasters. I I, me- I remember when I went on holiday when I was 18 with some friends, they actually threw several of the dresses I had taken away. They just said, you can't, you can't. You look like Jane Fonda in an <laughs> exercise video. Don't be ridiculous. So you still do. It's not. <laughs> and today I do. Maybe it's my, it's my default <laughs> setting, isn't it? I think it's Jane Fonda. <laughs> what was the last bad thing that you bought? Oh, it's terrible. And it was literally six weeks ago. I bought this massive marabou. This sounds great. Thing. You love it. <laughs> I would love you it. would absolutely love it. And it's brilliant. It's from Topshop. It's just like a marabou, navy marabou waistcoat with loads of. <laughs> it looks amazing hanging. And me and my four year old Mabel, we stroke it every morning. But I, I've tried it with Polonex. I've tried it with white jackets. I've tried it with velvet. I've tried it with everything. I look ridiculous. I'm going to give it to you. I'll I think. Have it. Yeah. <laughs> She said, broadcasting from the LUK fashion cupboard. What are you up to? Who are you? I am Sophie. I'm the beauty director. I'm embarrassed because you're at my desk and it's probably the messiest one in the whole office. It's not that bad. Okay. They, they can't see you, Sophie. That's the good it's thing. True. <laughs> but there is a, a nature of hot desking, right? Yeah. In, in the L office. But how often does that happen? No, we're good. We're good at it, I think, and it's nice because it's make we just mix things up so we sit with someone different every day. But I'm lucky because I've got a beauty cupboard so I can stash my high heels. In there. <laughs> we used to have them all under our desks. Okay. Now everyone's in flat shoes yeah. apart from the fashion team and the beauty team because we can hide them. What's the hardest thing that you've had to deal with today? Oh, God. Um, well, I'm probably still dealing with it. I'm just trying to get about seven web stories up and I haven't got um, any address to my team in today. Do you have to do <laughs> the actual edit bit and make sure that all the spelling is right? Well, yeah, but that, yeah. That's hard. <laughs> but again, it's a good thing because we've got people here that we can just shout at and say, or Google, <laughs> how do you spell broccoli? I had to do that this morning. <laughs> you left school when you were 16, yes. and now you're a powerhouse. <laughs> Let's discuss. How is this possible? Discuss, can yes. we take some notes, please? Well, um, I don't think I've done anything that extraordinary. I grew up in a very small village in Cornwall, and... I went to a comprehensive school, quite a big comprehensive school in a very rural area. It wasn't a very academic place. But I was very lucky because I knew what I wanted to do. And I think that's sort of half the battle. Um, I think it's quite unusual. Mm. I think that's probably the, the main cause of any success that I've had is I knew I wanted to edit a magazine, I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to edit a glossy, and I knew I wanted to be a journalist. So I think now it is actually easier. I know that sounds like a perverse thing to say because there are less magazines for people to contribute to, there are less newspapers. But as a writer, I think your choice is wide. I did a Facebook Q&A. Someone said that they felt that they just they couldn't stand out, there was so much on the internet, etc. But actually, I completely disagree. I think if you want to write, you can't keep it in. It pours out of you. You, ju- you just have to write. And I think the possibility of where you place what you're writing it's huge. If you know something very specifically, if you're an expert in that area, then you should be writing for the publication that, that features that or the website that features that. 
if you want to go and cover something and you really can get yourself there and you can cover it then vice will pick that story up you know you will find someone who can who can take what you can do but you have to work really really hard mm. <laughs> you have to research things and you have to go and just try it i mean i kind of before I, when i was starting on local newspaper i just finished was just about to start my a levels and i just on spec i went and covered the local fair i found a woman who'd been to the first ever St Matthew's Fair and she was like 98 or something like that so I wrote I took some pictures of her with my dad's camera and I wrote a piece I wrote her life story and I just went into the newspaper on the Monday and I said I found so and so she went to the first St Matthew's Fair do you think you'd be interested in running I'd love to be an intern during my summer off is that okay and they ran it as a page on on the following week and I got the internship that kind of led to me them yeah. saying, you know, stay here or go and do your own A-levels. What do you guys want? Well, I'm going to stay on the newspaper, aren't I? It's be amazing. So you ju- you will find somewhere if you are, but you have to be pretty driven about mm. it, I think. And what has been some of the most exciting breakthroughs for you? I know that, that the feminism campaign has been incredible yes. as a journey, as, really a, as a magazine. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I've got three daughters and a son. That I, You know, it's really important for me that I'm making some kind of difference somewhere in my day-to-day work, and, you know, whether that's campaigning or just giving young women information so they know how to talk about things. You know, it, may, it makes a difference, and I feel that that's part of my responsibility in media. And the most important thing is having a voice, is saying it's not fair. Or, or when, you, when I interview a man for a job, they will tell me what they want to get paid and what they want the package to be. If I interview a woman, they are so embarrassed about talking about salary, what they might need. And if I can just change that a little bit, just have that thinking around, then it's just small steps forward, isn't it? It's a stereotype of, of a fashion editor and uh, someone, in, you know, this idea that someone's in charge of our magazine. I reckon that makes people feel scared. Are people scared of you? Anyone who's in charge has automatically by that point has a power over what you're doing and and makes the final decision so they may be scared in the way that they want to know whether I'm going to say yes or no to something but I would I mean I'm sat here in my running gear you know (laughs) I was going to come to that I ran to work this morning (laughs) now I wouldn't come into work thinking if I come in in my running gear I'm going to have to change out immediately and put on my Saint Laurent and my heels and blah 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 because that's not going to make me more effective during the day. Actually having a bit more energy is going to make me more effective during the day. Um, so I don't think... I think people are always slightly worried about what the boss thinks, but I've really tried to cultivate an environment where status is not important. So, you know, and th- we do what we do because we have many, many years' experience doing it. So that's only thing you need to be wary of is that I'm more experienced at that and better at it now because I'm 10, 15, 20 years um, ahead. I'm try- I try to make it as light... As possible. I think also the people around you are quite important. One, one of the things I have learned in my career is that often the people underneath you coming up are much more inspiring than the people above you. And it's cleverer to learn how to watch and be curious, always curious about how that new group of young women are behaving with their friends, how they're behaving as employees. It's just watching that. I've learned some amazing tricks from interns Mm. Um, things that I've taken into meetings and people have been impressed by because I've seen a really smart young woman do it in a meeting Lena, I'm the culture director at Elle How fun is it transcribing a big interview so you worked on the iconic Miley cover Yeah it's absolutely like listening back is amazing hearing your own voice is horrible (laughs) and like just regretting like 
you know, little moments where you could you can suddenly realize that probably she was about to reveal some huge thing to you, but you then just decided to tell her that, you know, you quite like the color of her watch or something silly. So therefore, do you think that L podcast makes sense in terms of listening to some of the stuff that we read? A hundred percent. I always wish that, like, I could just down put online all the interviews that we do because it's all the little nuances that like are amazing in words and I think words give it beauty but something about hearing people's voices I remember listening to the Kristen Stewart and Juliette Lewis transcript and basically I had to take gnarly out every other word but there was something about the fact that they said gnarly every other word which was kind of amazing and I wish that I'd been able to leave it in but word count wise I wasn't brings me on to podcasts. Podcasts! Why yes. podcasts? She <laughs> said it, it has launched. I'm really, really yeah. happy to be involved and to help the innovation of, of editorial and mm. for, to see a magazine that I've loved for a long time making sound. What made you feel excited about that? I think there's a lot of talk about, we work in a very unusual way at Elle. We're the only fashion magazine team in the world that works across everything. So all of my team work on the site and the magazine. They all work on mobile, they all work on desktop, and they are trained to load into the content management system. Everything we do is 24 hours. So no one else works like that. We hot desk, we work around the fashion cupboard, I don't have an office. It's just a very modern way of working. Everything is about storytelling and bringing a ma- an issue to life with the stories behind the written stories I think is really, really important. I think we'll be doing, in five years' time, we'll be wondering why we weren't, it'll just be a natural thing. We should all be talking a bit more, you know. And why shouldn't we be having debates about politics and feminism? It's not just Question Time and Radio 4 that should do that. Why shouldn't a playful modern young women's magazine be debating that, but, you know, all, in an audio way? In, in this particular podcast, we're trying to bring alive the editor's letter i'd be interested logistically how important the editor's letter is in the actual physical mag the editor's letter it's i always um underestimate it actually because it is sort of your statement of intent for what's going on um but it is written in when we in the actual print product in the magazine i write the editor's letter quite a long time six to eight weeks in advance of anyone seeing it so i try to make it so it's relevant to the magazine and relevant to what might be happening in a woman's life or her world at that time. I try to make it a little bit personal, I try to make it a bit funny, but sometimes, you know, with all the feminism uh, stuff that we've done, I just need to say it like it is. This is what I think and, you know, if you, if this is how, what I believe is right and this is what I believe L stands for in this particular subject matter. Interestingly, I don't put a picture of myself on it because I change how I look quite a bit and mm. I, I never want to look old fashioned I never want to look like I'm not in the editor's letter because it goes um, to press so far in advance Do you talk about work at home? I discuss it a bit at home and they're very conscious of me going to and from work and I go to the shows twice a year so I sort of am out of the house for four weeks um, travelling on and off that was difficult when they were young more difficult for me probably than them it's a little bit harder for them now because um, they need to speak to you and sometimes you're just not there that's mm. all you know, as a working mum, you're just not there. But, you know, I'm not saving lives. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not... A good time to reiterate <laughs> that Lorraine has four children. Yes. Four children, yeah. people. Yeah. It's not quite as difficult as that because they do sort of look after each other. I think it's really tough to just have one, actually, because it's very hard to work and then 
be the focal point for for one child. Mine mine are quite good at sort of just sort of rumbling around together as a feral gang. <laughs> really, everyone has a guilt level that they can deal with. I think that's that. I have a negotiated contract where I leave at five o'clock every day and I have every other Friday off. So that's what I can deal with. If uh, I couldn't have edited a newspaper, not just because I couldn't have edited a newspaper, but I couldn't have dealt with being away from them that time. Other women can deal with that. I just knew where my level of guilt would, would lie and how happy we would be as a family if I was away too much because um, my husband works as well. So you just have to work out what works for you and then make sure you ask for it. Because I, you know, a lot of women don't ask. They don't ask their boss for the extra time or to leave half an hour earlier or just to be in late half an hour later you know there is always a way around it you know I find that working mums are incredibly focused and work incredibly hard so yeah. you just have to listen to that voice how have you created that for a mostly female environment you can only be what you can see which I think is a, a really good premise to work from so they see me coming and going I am very vocal about going home when a child is sick I'm very vocal about going home for a doctor's appointment or a parent's appointment or you know if there is an event which I feel won't damage the business but it clashes with a family event. I will go to the family event. That's what I will do. I, we have a female CEO here, Anna Jones, who has two small children. She's only 39. And she has the ethos that, you know, you have to have the balance. I would hope that women here realise that if they need to be with their kids, then they need to be with them. As long as they are doing the work and they're not damaging the business, because it is a business, it has to continue. You know, we are lucky we can be flexible. Media is a much more flexible job than any other job um, in which to have children, I think. Mm -hmm. You're listening to She Said, a podcast from LUK. I'm Billy. Yeah. A fashion assistant. At the minute, we're trying to shoot all our stuff for March, and this week is like mega, mega busy with press days. So, a press day is basically going to a different fashion PR. Uh, sort of house HQ and looking at all of the actual stuff that yeah. they've got coming up. Coming yeah, so out. this will be all their spring summer collections. So from that we can see exactly what we can shoot, when we can get it, all the kind of trends and stuff that the high street's got to offer as well. Fashion speak can be quite ridiculous. Yeah, fair So are you ever like, yeah, I mean, I just love the bell bottom on these jeans <laughs> and the seaming is just on point. Yeah, all the time. You just have to um, give yourself a minute sometimes and stop calling things there like this is the trouser or this is the top this is the stitch that is going to make like no one cares about the stitch really <laughs> we do <laughs> lastly fitness yes you are well into fitness Lorraine well do you know what I dabble yeah. Because I have an opposite approach to uh, fitness that I do to most bits of my life is that I don't particularly have to win anything. You know, we did a, the triathlons that we did. We had really nice... Triathlons? Yeah. <laughs> we, I did it because I couldn't s properly swim a couple of years ago, so I wanted to learn to swim, so I had some lessons, so I learned to swim, so I thought, well, I might as well... There is a nice Sunday to be had with your friends, doing a bit of running and swimming and cycling. You know, we did, and actually we finished second to last, I think, in in the one that we recently did. And Elle's really embraced that as well. It's not just your personal life. Elle fitness is quite important. Yeah, we do. We have a run club on a Wednesday. Um, we have people come in. I wanted to create an environment that was very uplifting for people. And I know women like yoga, so we do uh, yoga on Fridays. 
Um, and I wanted to bring, you know, not everyone is paid that much in media, so it's quite expensive to go to all these classes. So if I can use what we do to bring people in to, you know, feel that the team are getting something else that keeps them energetic and thinking, I think that's quite that's quite a nice thing to do. It's a little bit of a perk for those who are interested. We had a, we have a book club as well. And so I try to make it as sociable as I can here. Well... Um, I want to work here now. Do and you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you're very fashionable. Mar- I need them to be wearing the marabou that Mabel doesn't want, even. <laughs> we could have you here just for your laugh. Yeah. Because I'm like, one o'clock on a Friday, Gemma's going to come and laugh you all happy. You've been listening to She Said, the LUK podcast. Visit luk.com forward slash podcasts to subscribe. That was a Boom Shakalaka production for LUK.